The following program is sponsored by Friends of Life Outreach International. Because he was beating me up every other day, he could slap me and kick me uh, on the floors in public, on the streets. I had no self-worth. I had, I didn't think that uh, I deserve anything better. I believe that I deserved his treatment because it was in the Quran. Feeling trapped in one abusive relationship after another, Ishik Abla lost all hope until she found true freedom. Next on Life Today. Opportunity sharing with you. I'm James Robinson. My wife Betty and I are thrilled to have this, this privilege of spending a little time with you. This beautiful woman, I love the title, I Dreamed Freedom. Let, let me tell you someone else who dreamed freedom. His name was Jesus. But he did more than dream freedom, he purchased it. And he was raised from the grave to live in us to provide the only true source of freedom, freedom that you can experience when you're in prison. If you just understand that, that it's a relationship with the one who sets us free. This abused girl has become a real miracle worker. Her name, Isaac Alba. Alba. I said, I'm going to have to practice that. <laughs> and she said she'd have to practice Robison. <laughs> but would you welcome this beautiful woman to life today? Ishik, I'm glad to see you. Thank you sir. We're so glad to have you. I, I want you to tell our viewers all over the world, because you have found out that if we use social media, which I'm trying to get all of our viewers to use, one of what Robbie Zacharias says is the new Roman road. It's the stream, stream.org, which you can go there every day. That you can take something you see that you think everybody needs to hear that. That's right. Because it was really from God. Brilliant young people, people from all walks of life, and they have the proper worldview, and they can share it through social media. How many Facebook followers do you have? 1.7 million. Did you hear what she said? 1.7 million. Where are most of these people who are being impacted through social media communication, where are they? Uh, most of my followers are from Egypt. Uh, we receive 3.5 million hits a day on our Facebook. And 200, over 200 million followers reach every month we have. Uh, to the Muslim world, and Egypt, Morocco, Afghanistan, Saudi Arabia, Turkey, Iran, Iraq, Syria, Yemen, Oman, one of those, some of those countries. And how many languages? In five languages. Uh, in Turkish, Arabic, Urdu, Farsi, and in English, we minister to them. So you're taking the commission of Jesus to go into all the world and make disciples, to be witnesses starting at home, and then to the outer regions, and then to the ends of the earth. You're taking it seriously. Yes, yes, we are taking it very seriously. We have uh, 40 online missionaries every day, full time, right to those people in their languages, sharing the gospel, uh, in addition to my TV programs to the Middle East. Do you like what you're hearing? Would you just say, thank you, God. Thank you. 
Isha. Thank you. I, uh, I, I want to know, and I'm, I'm, I want to hear your story, but I want, I want you to do something right up front. Because I believe we ought to support those outreaches that are effective. Yes. If someone wanted to support what you're doing and know more about it, what's the website? They go to our website, ushukabla.com. All right. And we have a donate button there, and they can support so they our ministry. Support. Yes. And there it is. You don't have to be able to say it and pronounce it perfectly. <laughs> there it is. You can just type it in, enter it. And we encourage you to find out about outreaches. We don't try to protect our supporters and our friends. We want you to do what God directs you to do. And we believe that he is capable of directing and overseeing what he's entrusted to your watch care. So there is how you can contact. All right. Uh, Isaac, you, you had your own story. Tell yeah. us about it. Well, I was born in Turkey, Istanbul, Turkey, in a devout Muslim family. Uh, I have uh, secular Muslims in my family. I have radical Muslims, jihadists in my family. Uh, my father, my family legacy is my father's family received a gold medal from Turkish government for burning 15 Armenians to death. And so I have still uh, pretty fanatical Muslim uh, fa people in my family. Uh, I grew up in a home that was very dysfunctional. There was so much abuse. My father was a brilliant economist. My mother was a homemaker. Uh, he, he was a womanizer. My mother used to have nervous breakdowns and physically become very abusive towards me. So I grew up with under a lot of uh, abuse, hatred, anger, slamming the doors, cursing, breaking things, a lot of hostility. And I grew up as a very bitter, uh, very insecure individual. Um, I went to Koran courses to memorize Koran and practice Islam so I could be closer to my God and he could end my pain and hurt. And at age 12, I finished Koran course. Uh, then, but I was praying five times a day, uh, fasting during the month of Ramadan since seven years old, but I had no personal relationship with my God. He was angry, he was impersonal and hateful. And I felt uh, lost and invisible. I felt like I was, I had a lot of dreams. I, I had a dream to change my mother's misery. I had a dream to make a difference, but also I felt inferior as a woman in my culture. And everybody told me, you cannot change anything. You are only a girl. You cannot do anything. And I went to college, studied Islamic literature, and then studied more post-studies in business administration. But during college years, I met my perfect match, a Muslim man who had an idea about jihad. And we really were, uh, our ideologies and everything just matched to each other. We believed in uh, educational jihad. Uh, we got married. I was a teenager when I married him. We started supporting educational jihad in America and in the Western world, sending students to Harvard, Princeton, Yale, uh, to big universities so they can become in power to Islamize Western world. And I also believed in uh, physical jihad as well. Uh, but that marriage was uh, he, turned into another torment in my life because he was beating me up every other day. Uh, he could slap me and kick me uh, on the floors in public, on the streets. 
I had no self-worth. I had, I didn't think that uh, I deserve anything better. I believe that I deserved his treatment because it was in the Quran mm. that he could beat me up, he could discipline me to be a better Muslim woman. And then I fled to America for my life uh, because he put a knife on my throat and told me to jump from the eighth floor of a building. Mm. And I fled to America for freedom, uh, but it doesn't matter wherever you go, there you are. Yeah. Unless God comes yeah. and changes your inner man, That's right. you can change your surroundings. But I was, uh, I came to America as much in chains as I was in Turkey. Mm. And I ended up in another abusive marriage to a drug dealer and an abuser. Mm. Uh, but make the long story short, on, uh, on the day I was going to kill myself, it was year 2000. Uh, my Christian boss at workplace in Miami led me to Jesus Christ. Mm. When, you, when you met him, did you then realize you had someone very personal that was actually now in reality a part of your life? Yes, yes. When I met my boss, when, when you, you met, met Jesus. Down. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. I mean, he was But my... you thought your boss had something different about mm. him, too. Oh, yes, mm. absolutely. So that's why you were able to listen. Yes. But then when you met Jesus. Yes. He was real. He was personal. real because uh, it was out of question for me to become a Christian. Christians were infidels, we were told. Mm. They were evildoers. They were Satan's seed. So there was no way I could become a Christian my own. And today when I go on TV, I tell people, I am not here to convert you because it is Holy Spirit's job. Mm. And, but Jesus Christ is real. That day mm. when I was planning my suicide because I felt like I failed Allah in every way and there was no hope for me. And my boss called me to his office and he told me, Jesus revealed your plans to me. Hmm. He spoke to me and told me about your childhood. Wow. And he wants me to tell you, you are not forsaken nor abandoned. Hmm. He loves you so much, Ushuk. He died on the cross for you. And you wanna receive him as your Lord and Savior today? He will take all your mess. <laughs> and at that moment, I knew Jesus Christ was real because he was in that room and I could feel it. <laughs> and that's the God you were looking for all along. That's the freedom real. you dreamed of. Mm -hmm. And this is the story. And you tell all of this in the book. Yes. You tell your whole, whole journey. Tell us what happened after that. Tell us something about the rest of the journey and then where God has taken you and what he's doing. Well, I started going to church. So you can appreciate, I am not churched, right? I went to church, first time in my life I heard amazing grace, and yeah. great is thy faithfulness. Yeah. And I was, I felt like angels in heaven oh, were singing. Wow. Yeah. I was just crying, and after three months going to church, I went to my pastor, I said, Pastor, I wanna serve Jesus. Mm. Uh, give me the things that nobody wants to do in this church. I wanna clean the restrooms, take the trash out, and take care of the babies. <laughs> and he looked at me and smiled, he said, I want you to come next Sunday and give your testimony. Wow. I said, okay. <laughs> I, I, went to, I went home and I opened the Webster Dictionary to find out what testimony, testimony meant. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. And then I said, I am going to speak. <laughs> Did they understand you? And they will understand me with my heavy accent. <laughs> my Boston accent, you know. <laughs> Boston accent. 
Yeah, it's great. Okay, what? <laughs> take us on past that testimony and tell me what all's been happening because this has been an amazing journey. Yes, then I started going a lot of places, giving my testimony to two people or to <laughs> 2,000. And one day, missionary from Middle East heard my testimony. And in Europe, there was a Christian conference. Uh, they met with TV evangelists and they told them uh, about me. And they were praying for someone from Muslim background who could risk her life to show her face on TV, <laughs> to speak to Muslim world about her journey and how they can have hope and redemption through Jesus Christ. It took me two years to say yes to that call. Mm. Now, what happened to your father? Well, my father, two years ago, I was going to a church, Armenian church in Istanbul, because I was going to speak in the church two days later. I, Sunday morning, I said, let me go to the church to honor the pastor first before I speak there. So I saw my father early in the morning dressed up and ready to go with me. And he's a very arrogant, very outspoken man. <laughs> and I said to him, no, I don't want you to go with me to church. He's like, no, I'm going with you because they know you from TV programs and I don't want them to hurt you. I said, Dad, you don't know which church I am going. He's like, which church are you going? I am going to Armenian church. And he stopped. I mean, you imagine, he, he was the most racist man I have ever knew in my life. And he, say, he said some degrading words. And he said, I'm still going with you. And he went to the church. He was very arrogant, very outspoken. Pastor was preaching, and he was saying, yeah, right. And I mean, it was really embarrassing for me. People were taking out their cell phones, taking my pictures, because they knew, they knew me from TV programs, but I was embarrassed that they were taking my father's pictures. But something happened to him after a few minutes. I was so engaged with the message uh, pastor was giving about the persecution that he'd been through and his family and everything. And people started pointing my dad. And when I turned, he was, he buried his face with his hands and he was weeping. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. And after two days, uh, when I, I, he went with me to the church, when I made an altar call for salvation, he just threw himself forward. Wow. <laughs> Well, in an Armenian, Armenian church, yeah. and now nobody can speak against Armenians in our family. <laughs> <laughs> you know, what do you want to see happen today? What's your prayer for America now here as you look at this country? Because mm. uh, there's a great hatred in the world. Yes. And it isn't just hatred for America. It's a hatred for the freedom we have. And it's, a, it's really a hatred for really Christianity and Jesus. Uh, more than probably any other thing in the world. There's a hatred for Christ, for Jesus. And there's a liberal mindset here in America, even building it's that's working, you know, ignorantly, foolishly, in harmony with that hatred, mm -hmm. that hostility, to destroy the very name of Jesus and impact. What's your hope? What's your prayer? My hope is a big and big awakening will happen in America. Revival will come to America. America needs to wake up because America is under a great threat of Islam. And uh, this great country that I found freedom, I found Jesus Christ. 
will not be the same great country in the future. And I want to invite people to really fight maybe on their knees for freedom, maybe with their walk in Christ for freedom, but fight for your freedom in America and wake up America. That, that is the invitation Jesus gave us when he said, I want you to come like chicks to the wings of the hen over Jerusalem. That would be leveled in ruins, but yet he's inviting. Do you believe that we will either come to him and fall on our knees before him or be knocked on our face? Wow. We have a choice. Do you believe that? Absolutely. I, I believe if you don't go on your knees right now, there will be times coming to America. People will be going to on yeah. their knees we'll be because down. God will be shaking America. Yeah. But we will be grateful and yeah, saying, like David said, I am glad that you inflicted me yeah. so I could turn to you. Yeah. And here's the thing you need to understand. You know, don't lay what happens on God. He said, if you leave the shelter and shadow, if you leave the hedge of my protection and that hedge is trampled or overlooked, then you're going to be vulnerable to the consequences of changing my truth into a lie. And the wrath and the effect of that foolishness will be manifest. And it is in the fact that people are controlled by their appetites. They're out of control. They're under the control of evil forces and mind changing and mind altering drugs and alcohol, anything to try to escape the pain. When he says, I'm asking you to come to the shelter, come on into my presence. And we really have a choice of coming into the shelter and shadow of the almighty or being knocked down by the consequences of leaving the shelter and shadow apart from our own life and our own nation. God is inviting us to come to his shelter. He's inviting us to allow him to make up for the years, the locusts and the poor decisions have eaten away at all of our blessings. Come and I'll make it up. This is the cry. That's if we right. don't come, we're going to be knocked flat. And I believe we'll cry out then. We could come and be spared the misery. Hmm. That's his invitation. It was Christ's invitation. It's the same today because Christ is the same. Do you appreciate this wonderful woman and her testimony? There's her website again, just briefly there. You can go to lifetoday.org and, and you can find it there. If you'd like to have the book, it's in the bookstores. You can get it online. But if you'd like to have it, we'll send it to you. You know what we're doing right now, and I know you can appreciate this. We're giving fresh water to people who never had clean water. And it is one of the most beautiful things you will ever see. I want you to listen. I want you to listen. See if you hear God. And then just, okay, God, what can I do that would please you and be a miracle? You can be a part of a miracle. Watch prayerfully. This is Fong Mei. Her two boys, Vanuk and Dang, are inseparable. They do everything with their mother even when she is laboring, chopping this root to sell in the market. Fong will basically work around the clock, knowing she has to fill 13 large bags just to earn $2.50. Thinking about the hardship of her labor does not seem to affect Fong because it allows her to provide life in the form of food for her children. But when it comes to the only water available to them, there is something she constantly thinks about death, the death of her seven-year-old son, Dorn, who died from a waterborne illness caused by this very same water. 
ở bàn vô mau phong cứu thuộc cái ao thừa sốt bọt đặt mấy đai ở kia nhưng mà miền lui chùa lan khi đặt mau quên After hearing Fong's sorrowful story, our team surrounded her to offer as much comfort as we could. Fong had expressed to us that her two boys now are always sick from drinking the water, and she could not bear losing another child. We don't want to see that happen ever again to Fong, and it won't if the resources needed can be secured so that we can drill a water well in her village. And we can, because we know there's water there. And viewers like you, over the last years, have bought numerous drilling rigs, costing as much as $300,000 to $500,000. You gave them. So they're ready to go to the site, but what we need to be able to do is support the movement, the petro, all of the pipes, the drilling equipment, in order to get them in each one of those locations. We have located five regions, Betty, where we can drill. And we need $4,800, the average cost of a well. I believe that here in this audience and all over the world that there are individuals who can drill a well and that everyone watching can at least give toward a well. $48 is what comes in to pay for most of the drilling. And you can break it out and say that gives 10 people water the rest of their life. But there are some who can give 1,200, 2,400, or 4,800 and pay for part of a well or an entire well. And I'm believing our viewers are going to be an answer to the, the heart cry of that precious mother. Well, you know, James, she was working very, very hard to provide food for her children. She would do anything. She worked hours upon hours just to get food for them for $2 a day. And yet she can't do anything about the water that she has to offer them because that's all that they have, knowing that that water will possibly kill her children. That heart of that mother is broken because she sees what's coming if something's not done. Will you please join with us and let's, let's give life to that little precious family and those many others just like them that do all they can do, but they can do nothing more without our help. Please join with us and let's drill these water wells. And Father, I want to join my heart and my hands with Betty because she so well expresses the heart of a mother, a grandmother, someone who cares so deeply and understands. Father, and I believe there are viewers who understand what that mother feels. And so I pray today you will answer with an outpouring of love, undeniable expression of your love through the act of giving and helping in Jesus' name. There is a phone number there on the screen. You can go immediately to lifetoday.org. Many, many of our friends now are going there and immediately using your bank card, you make a gift. Or you can call and make a gift using your bank card, or if you want to, you can write a check, make it to life, but call us and tell us you're sending it in. It's very important that we allow our drilling teams and our mission workers to know we can come to your area, we can go to that area. And we've got 12 countries, 500 sites to drill a well. Could you drill one of them? You might be able to drill more than one. I believe if you can, you will. If you can give a portion of a well, 1,200, 2,400, pray for three to join you or one to join you, and we've got a well. If you can give an entire well, 4,800, do it. But those of you who give 48 
or let's take the example 144. You've given 10 people or 30 people basically water the rest of their life, a single gift that keeps giving. So would you right now make that gift? Go online or call the number. We have some gifts to send you to say thank you. But I know you're giving to bless. And that in itself is blessing enough. Thank you for doing it. Every day, millions of children are forced to make a dreadful choice. Drink filthy, polluted water filled with deadly disease or die from thirst. No child should ever be faced with this decision. The good news is there is a solution. Mission Water for Life is one of the most exciting and viable demonstrations of God's love in the world today. Suffering can end because clean water changes everything. With your gift today, we can establish and drill 500 water wells for remote villages in over 12 different nations. Your gift of $24 will help provide clean water for five people. A gift of $48 will help provide for 10 people. $72 will impact 15 people. And $144 will help provide fresh, clean, disease-free water for 30 people for a lifetime. With your gift, you'll receive the Everyday A New Day devotional. Broken out into the four seasons of the year, this daily devotional features scriptures, inspirational thoughts, a Bible reading plan, and a place for you to journal each day. With your gift of $100 or more, you may request the Names of Jesus pen set, one inscribed with the names of Jesus found in Scripture, and the other reflecting the gifts of the Spirit. Finally, please consider a gift of $1,200 to help provide water for 250 people, or a gift of $4,800 to help sponsor a complete well, and request this beautifully framed canvas print of The Forest Chapel by Thomas Kincaid. Please call, write, or make your secure gift online today. You know, we're anxious to send every day a new day because in Christ it can be with all the challenges. And this says not only the scriptures and the inspiration, but a place for you to journal. And the names of Jesus' pens are the Thomas Kincaid Forest Chapel canvas. It's beautiful. If you'd like to have our dream freedom and uh, just simply say, you know, I'm helping you with the water and we'll say thank you. I would like to have the book. We'll send it to you. And uh, you may want to visit online and say, you know what, I'm going to help. Imagine reaching out to so many people. Thank you so much for watching. Isaac, thank you for being here. Would you, you say thanks to Isaac? Thank what a blessing. What a great testimony. What a great witness. What a great ministry. God keep you safe. Amen. And you keep exalting Jesus. Bless you. God bless our nation and help us to bless others. Thank you. Introducing Stream.org, a rich and lively source for breaking news, analysis, and entertainment. Stream.org is a new information stream where those concerned about our nation's course can now gather for news, wisdom, and inspiration. 
Working together, we will see the promise declared in Psalm 46.4. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God. Be sure to visit stream.org, a news site to unite us. How did you find Christ or Christ find you? Oh, okay. It works the same way for black people. Like, it just, uh... <laughs> Comedian Michael Jr., next week. Life Today is made possible by the supporters of Life Outreach International. Your gift will be used exclusively for the exempt purposes of life. The ministry features specific outreaches as examples of the programs it supports and conducts. Gifts are considered to be without restriction as to use unless explicitly stipulated by the donor. The ministry is a member of the ECFA.